Could you could you do that again by any chance? Just that exact same thing. Is that a bong hit sound? I would. I don't know what a bong sounds like. God, we are such ignorant people. Ladies and gentlemen, to another Crooked Thimble podcast, this time we bring you The Pile of Shame. The rules are simple. We each play one hour of a game that exists on our Steam library that we have not played before. This week, I will be playing Shank by Cly Entertainment. And I will be playing Jamestown from Final Form Games. We should probably introduce ourselves. Hello, I'm your co-host, Trick Dempsey. And I'm the other co-host, Brianna Dempsey. And together we are the Crooked Thimble Pile of Shame podcast. All right, let's start with something simple, something nice. We haven't said anything about our games yet. What was one good thing about Jamestown? A, a kindness, a quick a- kindness. Jamestown. Jamestown. What? No, okay. Isn't that what you did? <laughs> you said Jamestown. Brianna, I wish <laughs> to take you to Jamestown. <laughs> I want to go to there. Okay. Say something nice about Jamestown. <laughs> I loved Jamestown, and uh, what I like about Jamestown is it can be ultra <laughs> hard, but it doesn't feel like punishment when you die or when you. <laughs> now, uh. And that's huge for me. That's really important because. Average skill level of gamer. I'm not super good at all kinds of games, so when I'm learning a new game, I flip a lot. <laughs> so, uh. I'm bleeping, aren't I? What, you bleep? I'm not certain bleep is the right right noun to use for the thing that is happening to you. Um, now, I noticed that you, uh, you played most of the game. Uh, I remember that you played most of the game with your brother. On a big screen TV. I did! That was super cool! Uh, was the game harder for it? It looked like it had a replay component where one player survives long enough and they just get to have unlimited lives, essentially, as long as nobody dies at the same time. What happens in single player? Uh, single player, uh, we would, I would lose the level a lot sooner than if I was playing it multiplayer. Uh, because, again... This is Not a game the for best two. at this kind of game. Right, fair. And we, we've gone a little long on the quick kindness then. Oh yeah, this isn't very quick now, is it? No. Alright, uh, and as far as Shank goes, uh, I will have to say this. The uh, art style that Jeff Agala brought to the game is really stunning and very striking. You look at it and you're like, ah, I know immediately that I have gotten into a pulp revenge epic probably set in some sort of dystopic Mexico. Then you hop into the game, and there you are, in the middle of Desperado, like, just doing it. Like, I think you even start in a bar. Nice. Maybe by shooting the bartender. Damn. Yeah. Well done on art style. Like, it can be hard to get the art style to express your theme so concisely. That's really cool. Yeah, it does also mean that you're going to carry any and every problem that the genre you're mimicking brings with it. Tell me a bit about Jamestown, the, 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 the specifics. Who made this game? What is it? So, Jamestown came out in 2011 originally from Final Form Games, a small indie studio of, I believe it's three guys. It, some of the photos that I've seen recently looks like there might, they might have brought on a fourth guy. But at the time of creating Jamestown, it was just the three of them. 
Uh, and for that, I'm super impressed and inspired. Like, it really does feel like a very well put together game. It is a vertically scrolling bullet hell. It recently came out on the PS4 for digital download. Did they by any chance tastelessly add an HD to the end of the game, uh, game name? No, I believe they added plus, which I haven't actually looked into the details if they've actually added cool stuff to it. I might have to buy it again and play it more. Oh darn, it's as though the PlayStation 4 behind me just began to animate and rise up. Oh, that's Lego Dimensions speaking. Yes. It gets jealous. It does a little bit. Um, the theme of the game is an alternate history where Europe, instead of colonizing the Americas, steampunk space travels and colonizes Mars. And for some reason decides to name things all of the same things they named the Americas. I was going to interject about my game, although I was going to note that you run into Virginia Dare, the first woman born in the United States. It's true. Well, in the colonies. Ah, now I'm bleeping. Yeah. Uh, and you go to Roanoke. It was it was nice to see, like, also John Smith described as a handsome figure in the text oh, and being oh, this oh, hideous, you, you, you hideous human being. It. Yeah, no, like, the, the narration of of the main character is all like... And then the handsome figure of Sir John Smith, blah, 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 blah. And he wasn't, he wasn't quite there in time to dashingly save anyone, but he sure was dashing. And then the illustration of John Smith is so much more historically accurate and so far from any current definition of handsome. It's pure glory. Yeah, it looked like you could count the number of teeth on one hand. Well, I mean, the ones you can see while his mouth is open and not torn apart. Like, I mean, I can count the number of teeth I see on you on two hands. Fair, fair. What if I smile real big? Don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, you're a snake. Uh, so, uh, some of the technical details of Shank. Shank by Cly Entertainment. Once again, mispronouncing stuff is kind of a thing. Uh, the story is penned by Marianne Krozik. I looked that up. Uh, and uh, she's famous for penning God of War. So you might Whoa. expect this to be a revenge epic where a man was asked to kill his wife and then he instead goes and kills all of the people around him in some sort of revenge spree. Maybe there's a dead baby involved. Is that what God of War was all about? That is kind of what God of War was about. Oh. And that's also what Shag's about. Oh. Then the art is by, the character art at least, and the cover art, and seemingly just the whole art direction, is by Jeff Agala, who, uh, working with Cly, also made Mark of the Ninja, which is about a big beefcake ninja inside of a beefcake murder spree slash stealth spree. Uh, so, so I've got big beefcake Mexican hey, murder hey, guy. Hey, I don't have a, are you actually using beefcake? As the term of eye candy for people who like to look at men? Or are you just meaning muscular? I'm meaning Male power fantasy men. They are like the ultra male power fantasy. They are Uh, not... Oh, that's not beefcake. They are not male pinup dolls. Pulp superhero fantasy as adapted to these two different genres, maybe. Yeah, that's that's probably more accurate from what I've seen of the shank art. I just kind of wanted to call you on... I oh. like beefcake. It's kind of important to me. So, uh, and then, just in case you thought that he was one note, he also is the, the creative lead or the lead artist on uh, Don't Starve. Whoa. So, yeah. Guy's got range. It looks like, uh, unlike Jamestown, there are a lot of people 
who worked on Shank. Shank has at least 100 people listed in the credits. Although some people I did notice, I believe, are listed more than once. So it could have been kind of smaller. They used a lot of contract art, so people who don't work like at the studio would rather, you know, result, you know, are Honestly, outside of it. I'm kind but of they fine credited with that. them, which puts That's them like cool. miles above most other developers yeah. who hire contractors and then don't credit them or Aww. don't credit half their staff anyway. Shank is a side-scrolling beat 'em up. Uh, there is actually a co-op mode, but we did not get a chance to try it out. It's uh, it's pretty straightforward. It's got you know dodge mechanics, heavy attacks, light attacks, swapping weapons, ranged combat, and and uh, generally just lots of side-scrolling platforming mayhem going on in it. I do uh, like side-scrolling platforming mayhem. Uh, so do I. I guess uh, it's it's time to like dive into the meat of it. And as long as we're talking about meat, beefy men with knives. So, uh... Now I'm hungry. I know. Shank makes me hungry. Uh, also, your character is actually named Shank. That's not a very clever name, I, but... I, I was looking through, like, their Wikipedia maybe page. Maybe it's a nickname? I Presumably. Like a gang name or something? Well, yeah, you, like... You mentioned the themes of cultures and criminality that I don't really understand as a very sheltered individual yeah there's like falcon and father angelo and shank and father angelo i believe is meant to be sort of a priest character but it sounds like a priest character yeah but it's always presented father is always presented in quotes which makes me think he's not actually a priest well Uh, i mean that sounds kind of like what they're going for with their theme there yeah and it's totally penned by the god of war lady and she i never realized god of war was written by a woman it's it's co-written co-written yes all right. Um, All right. So it's like, let's not, I mean, but she won the BAFTA for God of War. Uh, so God of War 2. That's cool. So yeah, no, it's really rad. Uh, I would not have expected it from how many refrigerators are filled, filled with how many women inside of that hey, series. Hey, It's okay to like problematic things. Fine. As long as you recognize they're problematic. Shank uh, has a couple of problems. Like, so let's say... There's this point where, where you're playing for maybe you're half an hour to the game. You get to this train level. You get to this boss fight where you're at the front of the train. And rather than it being a person like you're used to fighting, it's a jeep. And the jeep is riding ahead of the train back and forth, firing rockets and grenades back at you. And periodically, more soldiers hop onto the train and you beat them up. And one of them will drop a set of three grenades. And then you throw those grenades at the jeep please tell me that you can't miss oh you can totally miss no Uh, so that's that gets into the like nuance of sometimes it's arbitrarily hard Mm -hmm. um and like stunningly hard like i died a bunch of times in that boss fight and i died in only one other boss fight in the game and i don't think the jeep one was meant to be hard it's also very unclear what can be dodged what can be blocked and what can't like those are that three. sounds like that sounds like a tutorial problem. That sounds like a lot of what I had trouble with when I was playing Hammer Fight, you might remember a while back, of the tutorial just does not cover actually how this game works and how to take visual cues for what's going on in the game so that you can interact with it appropriately. Yes. Uh, another thing is that they, they chose to have a couple of quick time event buttons like pop up. Sort of like, oh, this character's been stunned. You've, Press lo- this. you've, you've lost me already. I 
hate QuickTime events. They're they're pseudo QuickTime. It's okay. more like context button press. But okay, rather that's than, better. Rather than displaying the button that's in your con- control configuration so that it maps to a thing that's physically in front of you, they use icons. The only way to see these icons is to go to their menu off of their main title screen and look at your key bindings. Yeah, so like there's some god awful terrible decision making going on. It's pretty neat because you'll be like, oh, I'm going to use my, I have to pounce on this guy, which is an ability you've got, which by the way, any game in which you've got a control button labeled pounce does actually get a little extra, you know, decimal points of points in my... He does love pouncing. I love pouncing as a concept. Like specifically the verb, the spelling, the enunciation, like it's weird. Everything about pounce. Pounce de Leon will be the name of my next cat. So it's pretty great in that it's got varied settings it's got you know loads and loads of buttons this is also one of its problems uh but its tells are either using the near indecipherable button icons or the tells are terribly inconsistent this character flashes red that means that you can parry their attack oh this character pass flashes red this means that you have to dodge because parrying won't work this character Whoa, flashes red you have a dodge have versus grab. a parry oh yeah no you, you've got block and dodge that and is you've a got... hardcore fighting game yeah it's it's getting there and it seems like really comprehensible until eventually it's until just, things it's... just are too jumbled yeah it just feels like a jumbled slurry what i what's funny is like i like side-scrolling combat games when Hey, here's your meat and potatoes enemies. They're going to require you to use, you know, all of your skills in sort of a varied way, but whatever. They're, they're not requiring any specific one of them. They're requiring reactivity and a strategy and just sort of like a tactic to take them all out. And if you've chosen a particular path, there are no upgrades in Shank. There are like selectable weapons and stuff, but we'll we'll not get into that hey, too much. Some some games do their progression entirely through weapons. Muramasa comes to mind, for example. Right. Uh and so there's there's not much in the way of progression, because they're all supposed to be trade offs and customization. It just didn't feel very strong in that they didn't feel sufficiently different from each other. Then you have new characters show up, big beefy guys with like a riot shield or a machine gun or something. It's like, oh, these guys are gonna take some other new tactic. And instead, it's not like a prescribed tactic. Oh. Like, it doesn't require some specific thing. I think it was intended to, but honestly, I found that I could fight, like, any of them with any strategy as long as I avoided their attack. But avoiding their attacks is what I do with the little guys. So they didn't feel, like, game-changey enough. And it meant that that a lot of the the fights grew very, very long and one-note. And Ooh, I'm and you're very sensitive to that. I'm super sensitive to that. And so by the time that I got, I'm a little over halfway through with the whole game because the whole game is not very long. It's really troubling how bored I got in there. What's funny is like so excited. 45 minutes of that I played of the game. I played like in a long, excited pulse of action and excitement. And then that next 45 minutes of my playthrough, like I was doing a job. Oof. So what's funny is is that, like, I would actually find it more... The tells problem and the sameness of it would actually be more okay if, like, the game session length were more discreet. Hey, you've gotten... Here is ten minutes of gameplay. It's going to checkpoint. Clearly, you could stop now. Ooh. And it felt like I was throwing quarters into a machine, essentially. Because the, the thing that made it, like, really gratingly samey was I kept waiting to get to, like, a 
like a satisfying chapter break there are levels and they like even tell you when they're over even though like the story kind of does a good job of driving you through the transitions between the the, the spaces but nonetheless i was just sitting there going like man i feel like i've been playing this forever and i wish that something had broken it had given you a clear message to this is a stopping point. Yeah, like even if it was, here yeah. is you going to your upgrade screen. Here is you looking at the map. This all of is... this stuff, because it was always side-scrolling murder factory or brutal animated cutscene and nothing else. Like, I, I think there were end screens to each of the missions, but even those didn't feel meaty enough for it to go, by the way, I've auto-saved for you before or after this. You can turn off your game now. Go have a nice day. This is a really weird comparison to bring up, but I'm a complete book nerd. Sure, book um, nerd. That's actually something that helped me get through my textbooks at university. And these things are sometimes the most boring, dry, fucking slogs to get through. But the fact, the best ones had these chapter break sections within chapters with nice, big, bold fonts and just... It's broken up into chunks, and this chunking really helps you feel like you've accomplished something instead of just feeling like you're lost in an endless slog. That was something that bothered me, and like, it's why I did not get super far in Dragon Age Inquisition, is because there you are in the Hinterlands. Yes, I know, everybody says, get the Hinterlands. Uh, and but you I, complete a, I complete a quest there. And it's not like, oh, here's your next one or pop me to the map of the next one. Like, it, it doesn't, it tries to kind of flow you sandbox GTA style from one bullshit task to another. And it, I like, I so desperately wanted it to be like, you've completed the quest. Would you like to go back to your castle? Would you like to do given, this thing? Given Would you like to do something? it's a very hub-oriented game. Break up your content. And, um, and know how long people are going to play for. I, I, so, like, I want, like, when I was playing through Dragon Age, I just wanted to, to grab the whole user experience flow of the game and just murder it. I wanted to go, hey, I'm going to set out a task list for myself to do. I'm going to go do those tasks. And then I'm going to pop back to the war map. And the war map, which is a great little piece of UI, is going to let me know, oh, hey, do I have more to do here? And most importantly, the single most important thing for that information, for that to convey to me is, does someone in my main town hub area have anything new to say to me? That's because, super important. Like, spending literally an hour parading through your castle, finding all of your guys to see if... Oh, after this one tiny 10-minute side quest, do they have something new Look, to say that they will only say right now? And if you don't do it, the game will punish you forever if you don't? Like, oh, the the worst. Do you remember the exclamation points and the question marks over people's heads in, like, oh, most MMOs to indicate whether they have something to say to you or not? Oh, but but I need, Just, like, a, a notifications little banner that says, oh, yeah, some but, new guy. But in a lot of those MMOs, that's on the mini-map. It's delightful, isn't it? 
So you can just see the whole town and go, nope, there's no question marks or exclamation points. Like, I'm good. Like I naysay about a lot of like free-to-play mobile design. Like there's That's a lot a of things one, that bother me. That's a good one. The, by the way, something has changed indicator, hopefully with a count next to it. Hey, three things have changed. Ooh, I like that. Like that is one of the most important innovations in games and no one is stealing from it. Speaking of games that are well-paced and have discrete play sessions, tell me about Jamestown. Um, so, Jamestown was glorious. I'm sorry. I'm, just I'm gonna... gloating because of how bad last week was. Because... Look, I enjoyed... Ugh. 30 to 45 minutes of Shank was one of the best, like, new game experiences. Except for Dust blew it away. Once again, why didn't I do a podcast on dust? Jamestown was glorious. It, as you mentioned, has really concise level checkpointing. The The end of level screen is, it's, it's, it's so arcadey and old school and just, it, there's a money sound that it makes because you're collecting coins throughout the whole level and it's just a very satisfying sound. I feel like there's a cha-ching or something yeah, on the, I, I, on the it level It felt like end. a cha-ching or a pile of coins falling Yeah, into I can't something. remember the exact, but it was. I remember it being satisfying. Well, I mean, and they do that in Lego, too, with that... Like, yeah. as you fill up on your little but, yeah. pegs. Games, games that have this sound effect combined with a visual representative of, you collected all this stuff, aren't you so happy for your... Like, it's smart... Auditory feedback combined with visual feedback for rewards is super effective for learning and satisfaction, and I'm lapsing into my psychology degree. I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah, you sure are. I mean, but that's the, the play session tangent was oh, also about psychology. It is. It is. So much of games is colored by how the human mind works, and unfortunately, as a player, the more you know about how the mind works, the less satisfied you're probably going to be with a lot of your gaming experiences. I feel like the levels were only like, they had to only be five to ten minutes each for the most part. I feel like ten. I feel like ten. So uh, I would like to actually point out a good, like, there's a mechanical thing that happens in Jamestown, having watched you play it, that I I would like to bring up. Um, so one of my favorite bullet hells is Ikaruga. Ikaruga, you can switch your ship between black orientation and white orientation, and this causes you to be immune to the appropriate color oh. bullets. Uh, ooh. And so every bullet that comes in is either black or white, and so you'll have patterns where you have actually got to swap. You're not that dodging is, the bullets, but you're eating them. That's nasty. In uh, Jamestown, it looked like it had something not quite the same, but you were collecting those coins in order to vaunt. Yes, the coins play into... This vaunt system, which is you collect coins and I think it's just the collecting of coins, not also the killing of enemies that fills up the bar. Just coins. And it fills up this little bar in the upper left of your screen. And when this fills up, uh, you have your vaunt ability back. And your vaunt ability, for a very brief amount of time, although actually I think it's an amount of damage absorbed rather than an amount of time. It's totally time. It is time? It's, It's time. Okay. I could. I was having trouble telling which it was because, admittedly, it's a fucking bullet hell. There's a lot going on. Yeah, I had to. Um, I, w- I was watching out for this as well because I, I liked the mechanics so much that I was just like, "How do you work? Let me get my surgeon scalpels out. I'm going to pick <laughs> you apart. You're delightful. Look at the bones." So you collect. You trigger your vaunt, and it pops out this little shield. Actually, it's not little. It's pretty big. It likes. 
your shield takes up maybe a quarter of the play screen. Maybe a maybe maybe an eighth. What it's hard to tell exactly. It's a square screen and the shield is a circle. Division. Blah. Circle takes it. the square. It absorbs all incoming bullets for a brief amount of time. Honestly, not nearly long enough for my <laughs> bullet hell skills. But it's really fun. What is interesting is while that's a very short duration, as soon as you start the vaunt, your bar starts slowly going down. And your bar is still very full even after the shield is turned off. What is going on in Vaunt for the rest of this time is it seems like your damage is severely increased. I don't know if it's doubled or quadrupled. I don't know the multiplier, but you're doing a lot more damage when you've Vaunted. Tons more damage. It's great. Honestly, I was not Vaunting enough any of the times I played. I'm... That's the thing that if I were to play more, I would really be working on is timing when I vaunt and doing it more often. Yeah, I feel like that the, um, the intermediate player skill thing is when you start to vaunt, not when you need to survive, but when you want to score lots of points. Because it also applies like a double or more yeah, point multiplier. Yeah, I as, forgot about that. As a tip screen told us at one point. Yeah. Uh, and that... It, it really feels like your advanced intermediate players are sitting there going like, okay, now it's time to, to pop that because I know where in this level I'm going. Because that was something strange is there are not many levels. No, there, there seem to be in the base game, there seem to be maybe five or six levels. Um, and I, of course, was playing through on normal difficulty. We get through three levels and it tells us, well, to unlock the fourth level, you need to have beaten the first three on difficult mode. Which kind of annoys me, because if that's the case, difficult should be your normal and you should have an easy mode, but they were avoiding having an easy mode. Well, I would also like to point out that, that to do the final level, it bumps up another difficulty. Does it? Yeah, it does. Oh, jeez, I haven't gotten there yet. This, this um, is a game about playing the levels over and over again. And honestly, they're solid enough levels that I would, I, I would actually enjoy doing that. They're short, they're fun... And they're forgiving enough of, like, I mean, yes, you, you fuck up, you die. But you usually, I believe you have two spare lives. So this is something I like is that there's, there's incremental success in the game as well yes. as the risk and reward. So and that's it's like, huge. The, the bare minimum is just getting to the end. And to get to the end, you've got to, you know, use your vaunt cleverly in order to avoid dying. But then you're also trying to get stars, which are Point thresholds and point thresholds are only really achievable if you're using Vaunt to get points, trying to go out of your way to, to kill all of the enemies, even the ones that don't shoot, because there are loads of things to not to that aren't trying to kill you that you can blow up. Uh, and I, I was just watching you play, I was I was really impressed by having that. The the reward screen at the end was also giving you little medals for being most gutsy or yes, like the most that was sparing that was something i meant to mention when i was talking about the end screen is is the little achievement medals that give you a little thematic you played the level this way so this is your little announcement thing it's something that uh, a lot of games do um 
The first one that comes to mind is honestly Rock Band does the same thing. In fact, specifically Most Gutsy is one that I remember seeing in Jamestown and going, am I playing Rock Band again? What's going on? Uh, Yeah, and that, and we've also been playing Towerfall. Towerfall also does that. Yes, it does, and it's fucking hilarious in that game. What What I love about this concept of giving you these incremental successes, so it bothered me that in Jamestown, if you weren't good enough to beat level three on difficulty three, and that was required to get to the end of the game, and you just can't beat that skill threshold, that's it. You're over. That's You're done. Yeah, you, this game was... is closed to you forever. Yeah, and I have to say that is actually a fear I have about this game, because honestly, I've played it for a while now, and I don't feel like my skill level is really increasing as fast as the difficulty of the game is increasing. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I think that's totally going to be a problem, and that's something like, I like player skill mitigators if it's oh i can earn a whole bunch of continues but then the continues if they were like burned permanently like that would suck because then oh i'm just gonna have to grind for the next levels gets really grindy really Mm -hmm. fast Mm -hmm. but i i was missing your ability to hedge your bets because it was forcing you to go up in difficulty yeah yeah (laughs) i felt like the game was like moments away from doing some of the good things that free-to-play games can do we should look into if plus has altered that at all you know it's funny i'm just gonna have to buy the playstation version that's shit oh darn oh another co-op game on our playstation i do like co-op games i know i do tell us about the bosses boss fights are the capstone to every level they are non-optional and they're fucking hard. Part of what made them hard for me is they're this kind of sideways shift in functionality from this kind of top-down scrolling thing that's been going on for the rest of the level because the boss is almost always some kind of large centerpiece that moves around the level. And the kind of motion you have to do is just completely different to avoid the bullets. Um, the fun thing about them is that each boss so far has been had their own unique flavor. So one of them had this great giant laser eye beam from its great singular eye and its weird amorphous blob self that it would sweep across the level. I'm gesticulating for no one. That's um, that's good podcasting. <laughs> Another one of them had these, like, buttons on the ship that you would have to shoot off. Yeah, the the prison break level was was interesting because it established a pattern of, hey, the centerpiece is blue. Here are the four blue buttons. Okay, now it's changed to red. Hit the red buttons. Now it's changed to green. Hit the green buttons. And so they they would have these, these unique little gimmicks that were very simple and very obvious, very bright, colorful, like, they were really keen on how to draw attention to what's going on. And because it does have these consistent patterns that allow you to have achieve this sense of mastery sort of thing going on, which is really nice. It's also something that I like in a lot of games. I mean, that's something that draws me back to the old Mario games time and time again, is this consistency that allows for feeling like you've both accomplished something and improved your own human abilities to play games. Well, anyway. So tell me, what is your current time played for Jamestown? <laughs> My current time played for Jamestown is 71 minutes. I am uh, I'm currently at 92 minutes played of Shank. Oh my. 
Um, so an hour and a half. That's why I think you I'm... actually you actually played a significant amount longer than your minimum requirement. So it, it's true. As much as it frustrated you, it had some something to hold you there. I really wanted it to get that clever excitement of that train fight again, or of some of the other mechanics that they so, introduced so along the way. So some of the some of the early stuff really hooked you, and you you were just they did a really good job of introducing stuff up until the point where it just became. A smorgasbord of the same fight over and over again. I'm really sorry to hear that. Yeah, I mean that was that's the thing about it. Like there is a shank too. I will probably not play it and will instead move on to Marker the Ninja, which is a more mechanically complex game. Oh. Uh, and a more mechanically complex game is actually like I think Shank had too many buttons. Yeah, but I you don't... are always going on a rant, rant about too many buttons. I'm making a note of that. Let's see, play session and too many buttons. All right. Yeah. Shank had just, I think it had too many buttons that were not used well enough, and it didn't have clear enough communication from its enemies, but I was, like, just waiting for it to, to bust down that wall and be exciting again with some new twist, and the, the new twist didn't come again. Are you going to play again? Uh, probably not. Maybe the co-op mode. It is. Oh, there's I, a I'm co-op mode. Ahead. There's co-op mode, remember? Right, we we mentioned this very early on. We might have cut that. We co-op. might not have. Co-op would... What's what's going on with the co-op mode in Shank? Uh, the co-op mode is a prequel. Essentially, it tells the story before the story. I'm not sure about how much so, because after all, I haven't actually played the co-op mode. Um, but it's exciting, even though, like, the story of the main game is told in flashbacks. And so, depending on when this prequel occurs... Uh, is kind of interesting. I assume it happens in this seven-year gap between the death of your girlfriend that you're going out to revenge and your arrival on the scene again. Presumably it happens inside of there. Because if it happens anywhere else, it's kind of stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, unless, unless the co-op partner is the girlfriend and you're both badasses. And that's actually what you're doing is the stuff that made you like fall in love with Eva, I think her name was. Okay, um, that would be really cool. That would be super cool and really tragic, and everybody should play that first. Because then, what's funny is if she was even remotely empowered at any point in the storyline, suddenly all of these terrible, terrible narrative crimes of the game would be forgivable because she had a hand in her own fate. But instead, she and her unborn child are just a playing card in your backstory to be played like a meaningless drivel. And it's just, like, it doesn't have any emotional punch because it's bullshit, and it's infuriating. Is Jamestown still installed? Jamestown is so still installed. And, in fact, I'm thinking of installing it on the PlayStation 4 in addition. As a side effect of this, that will mean that it is installed on three different devices in our house. Because it is also installed on my machine because I have played it years ago when it came out. How many hours have you played it? Uh, not many, actually. Only like an hour and a half. That's still so, more than I've actually as, achieved yet. As much as I've played Shank. <laughs> uh, and uh, Shank is still installed on my machine. I don't know if I'll play it again. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to this episode of Pile of Shame Podcast here on the Crooked Thimble. We will be back next week, hopefully, with more terrible stories and exciting stories of our experiences of the pile of shame that exists on our Steam accounts. Thank you for listening, and let our horrifying kobold band take you out. (laughs) 